opportunity to uh, receive new members into the church this morning. How exciting is that? Amen? Amen? So exciting. So exciting. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. And uh, so if you have, have uh, made the, the commitment and expressed the desire to, uh, to join us, to join this local body here at New City Church, we just invite you now. We're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna, all you on up here, we're going to welcome you. We're going we're going to uh, to uh, shake your hand, hug your neck, and uh, just welcome you here into the body. So this morning, if if you have decided to make that commitment, we had a wonderful breakfast this morning with some with some folks that have been coming to church, and they are expressing their commitment and their desire to uh, to uh, join us in fellowship. So would you come on up? Come on up this morning, church. Come on up, folks. Good morning. Come on up right up here. Just stand right here facing the, facing the wonderful folks out there. We have the Romero family and the Hayes family this morning. Amen. We are so glad that they have chosen to, uh, to join us in church membership here at New City Church. It's wonderful, wonderful. And uh, we are so thankful. We are so thankful uh, for, for God sending these families this way. Amen. And uh, we believe that God is going to uh, to uh, bind us together for the good of the church and for the good of this community. Amen. And so we're so we're so glad that you are you're here and you you joined us for breakfast this morning. You've been coming for for a few weeks. Some of you've been coming for for a longer than that, and uh, and uh, were able to join us this morning. So uh, Gabriel and Deborah Romero and, and kids and, and Nathan and Alicia Hayes this morning. We are so glad that you guys have have chosen to worship in, in, in fellowship with us. Now, you, I just want to ask you a question. All you got to do is say yes. You, you affirm your commitment and desire to be to be joined together with us as members of New City Church. Yes, yes. Awesome. said it behind his back, all right? You feel like you got, you did. You got married to New City Church. You're married to New City Church. We're going to pray. We're going to let you guys come up and shake hands, and then we're going to get into the word this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for these families, for these 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 these, what, these people that have joined us together to, to, to bind together, to, to grow together, to grow in faith, to grow in unity, to grow in love together, to serve together. We thank you, Jesus, that you sent these families to New City Church, and we are excited, God, to partner together. We commit ourselves to them, and they commit themselves to us for the advancement of the gospel and the, and the moving forward of the kingdom, and we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you just come and, and, and let these folks know that you're glad that they're here, right? Bless you guys. Good job. Bless you, bless you.
were still in a baby from then. Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's doing. Amen. You got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, all right? Lord, we just ask now that you would turn our attention to your word and that you would speak to us through your word. Your word is never quiet. Your word is never silent. Sometimes we are listening, but you are always speaking. So God, let us open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke chapter 5 says this. He told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, not only will he tear the new, but also the piece from the new garment will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and be spilled, and the skins will be ruined. New wine is put into fresh wineskins, and no one after drinking old wine wants the new because he says the old is better. So Jesus speaks a lot in parables. Um, he talks a lot about parables. You know, often think about this this passage and this, this short little story that Jesus tells about being a parable. But Jesus calls it a parable. Uh, what what exactly is a parable? A parable is an allegory or a moral story that was used to explain a spiritual truth. And so we're going to look more about Jesus' parables in the coming weeks. But this is the first recorded parable in Luke's gospel, and it's setting the stage for a new thing in the relationship between God and the Jews and God and humanity. Now, Heather opened the service this morning with scripture and with prayer. She didn't know that that I was going to be reading from Isaiah 43 from the same passage that she read this morning that the Lord laid on her heart this morning, that God is doing a new thing. So Isaiah 43 says this, this is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says, because of you, I will send an army to Babylon and bring all of them as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea, the Lord who makes a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty one together. They lie down, they do not rise again, they are extinguished, put out like a witch. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Everybody say new. I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. A new thing. A new thing. Jesus, when Jesus tells us this parable, he is, he is reminding us and letting us know that, that God is doing a new thing. There were old and new covenants. And, and this new thing that God is going to do, this new thing that God is going to do is a fulfillment of an old thing. So if you're if you're taking down notes or writing things down, this is what this is where we're at. Old and new covenants. Jesus is God making all things new. Revelation chapter 21 verse 5 says this. 
Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Jesus is God making all things new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away, and see, the new has come. The prophet said, forget the old. It's done. The old is done. It's over. The old is dead. The old has passed away. Jesus is making all things new. The same God, I love this, the prophet said, the same God who made a pathway in the middle of the Red Sea, the same God who destroyed the armies of Egypt, the same God who delivered your fathers and your mothers, the same God is doing a new thing, and Jesus is revealing it. The prophet Isaiah said, even as miraculous as the deliverance of the Hebrews out of Egypt was, the deliverance, that deliverance does not compare to the, to the deliverance of God working through Jesus. This new thing is so amazing, the prophet says, it's so incredible that you can forget the past miracles. You can forget those things that God did in Egypt. Remember how he, how he uh, parted the waters? You can forget that. This new miracle blows that thing away. You can, you remember how God crushed the armies of Egypt? Well, you can forget that. This new miracle blows it away. It's so incredible that you can, you can even forget those past miracles. This is a new and better miracle. This is a new and better salvation, a new and better deliverance. There is a new and better covenant. There is a new and better way. Jesus is making streams in the wasteland. Jesus is making a way in the wilderness. Jesus is making rivers in the desert. Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy from Isaiah. Jesus is the one. Isaiah chapter 6, or Hebrews chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says this, But Jesus, this is so good, but Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant which has been established on better promises. So, for if the first covenant had been faultless or perfect, there would have been no occasion or need for a second one. Verse 13 of Hebrews 8 says this, By saying a new covenant, he has declared that the first is obsolete, and what is obsolete is growing old and is about to pass away. A new and better covenant. A new and better promise, a new and better agreement. It's a covenant not based on our ability to keep the agreement, but it's a covenant based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's a covenant not ratified by our law keeping, but it's ratified by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's a covenant that is that is signed in blood by Jesus Christ. He is the guarantor of this covenant. The covenant rests on him. This new covenant that Jesus is the guarantor of, it replaces the old covenant. The old covenant was a covenant of works, while the new covenant is a covenant of grace. The old covenant came by Moses, while the new covenant came by Jesus. The old covenant leads to death, while the new covenant gives life. The old covenant was ended by Jesus, while the new covenant was established by Jesus. The old covenant
covenant enslaves, while the new covenant makes man free. The old covenant leaves man imperfect, while the new covenant perfects man. The old covenant exposes sin, while the new covenant covers and erases sin. The old covenant cannot give life, but the new covenant gives life. The old covenant was abolished, while the new covenant is in full force. The old covenant brings a curse. The new covenant redeems us from the curse. The old covenant living is by works, while the new covenant living is by faith. The old covenant is a shadow, while the new covenant is a reality. The old covenant is covered glory, while the new covenant is glory uncovered. The old covenant has many high priests, while the new covenant only has one. The old covenant had an earthly priest, while the new covenant has a heavenly priest. The old covenant made priests by the law, while the new covenant made priests by oath. The old covenant had an earthly tabernacle, while the new covenant has a heavenly tabernacle. The old covenant was priesthood, was in the lineage of Aaron, while the new covenant priesthood is in the Melchizedek lineage. The old covenant high priests were sinners, while the new covenant, the high priest had no sin. The old covenant was fulfilled, and the old covenant is at work, or the new covenant is at work. The old covenant, the law was written on stone tablets, while the new covenant, the law was written on our hearts. In the old covenant, the ark of of the covenant was a present sign of salvation, while the new covenant salvation is by grace through faith, and the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. In the old covenant, it demanded works, while the new covenant only demands faith and obedience. In the old, Moses and the prophets were mediators, while the new covenant, Jesus is the mediator. The old covenant is a covenant of letter, while the new covenant is a covenant of spirit. The old covenant needed an offering for sin, while the new covenant, Jesus is the perfect offering for sin. The old covenant needed statutes and ordinances, while the new covenant only needs one's heart. The old covenant was a tabernacle made by hands. The new covenant has a tabernacle not built by hands. In the old covenant, remembrance of sin was done yearly, while the new covenant, forgiveness and washing away of sin was done once and for all. The old covenant remembers sin. The new covenant does not remember sin. The old covenant was written into man. The new covenant was written by God. The old covenant was for Israelites. The new covenant is for all. The old covenant is far, or the new covenant is far superior to the old. The old was a teacher just preparing us for the new. The purpose for the old was to reveal our deeds to a new. The old taught us about God and revealed the character and the nature of God towards his people. And the new covenant gives us the spirit of God to indwell us. So that we can live life in the spirit with a renewed nature that reveals the character of God. The new is better than the old. So when Jesus speaks of this parable of garments and wineskins, he is speaking of two covenants, old covenant and new covenant. I know we're Pentecostals and we automatically see see wine and wineskins and we think Jesus had in mind the covenant of Christ. Garments and wineskins. Garments and wineskins. What what brought Jesus to this parable? I want us to unpack this for a second. Jesus 
I, I have, I've, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. But I hear it. is fermentation, and the longer the older, the longer it sits and ferments, the stronger the drink is, right? Is, is that right? Those are the kind of drinks, right? The old wine has more power than the new drink. The old wine has more power to make alcohol, okay? see that as a miracle that humans would return to our old wine. Well, I think this wine is so much better than the other stuff. It tasted like, it didn't taste like new wine. It tasted like old wine. The, the old wine has more power than the new drink. So, so what was Jesus doing? He says, for this reason, Drinking the old wine, we're drunk on that religious lawkeeping. And we're not going to want to live a life of grace because we have already gotten used to the They were drunk on Old Covenant, drunk on old wine, drunk on religious ritual, drunk on self-righteousness, drunk on power, drunk on law-keeping. Listen, being drunk on religious self-righteousness will give you one devil of a drink.
God is trying to make manifest. It's still old law versus new law. It's still old covenant versus new covenant. It's old versus new. So what does it look like? He says, are you still here? Because, says Dr. Fitzmaurice, none of us, none of us, I don't believe, if, if, if I'm off, you, you can let me know if you're correct, if you have not never come back here. But none of us in this room come from a, a, a Judaic background. Right? None of us in this room come from Sabbath keeping, going to, going to the synagogue on Saturday. Right? None of us in this room are, are, are Jews or come from a Jewish background. Right? Right? So how do we, how do we apply something that was, that's really about old covenants and new covenants that really had a direct impact on how the Jews were going to live? They had to change everything. How do we apply that to us today? Here's, here's some, here, but I, I, I just want you to help me think this morning. This is what old law versus new law. He is pouring, he is pouring his spirit on sons and daughters, calling and equipping men and women to ministry and leadership and service. It was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of chauvinism and misogyny. All the ladies should be shouting right there. And men should be too. He is breaking down racial barriers and calling his people to unity and spiritual family. It was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of racism and segregation. See, and when we preach this, people get just as mad at today as they did at Jesus at Levi. He's preparing his bride for his return, calling us to holiness. It was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of self-righteousness. He's calling us to morality and sexual obedience, but some are still, it was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of pleasure and sexual idolatry. He's calling us to a consistent pro-life ethic. It was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of convenience and self-preservation. He's calling his church to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. It was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of greed and excess and pride. He's awakening the church to the needs of the poor and the immigrant. It was part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of hair splitting on who and in who is not my neighbor. He's calling us to a fresh vision of the global church and unity in the body of Christ. It's part of the new wine, but some are still drunk on the old wine of separation. Violence, genocide, greed, abuse, these need the 
wine and honey. Only the new wine gives peace. Only the new wine of Jesus gives peace to your life. Only the new wine of Jesus gives hope when hardship. Only the new wine of Jesus gives strength and weakness. Only the new wine of Jesus gives grace that is sufficient. Only the new wine of Jesus gives confidence in uncertainty. Only the new wine of Jesus gives us love in the presence of our enemies. Only the new wine of Jesus gives patience under trial. Only the new wine of Jesus gives assurance when nothing else makes sense. Only the new wine of Jesus gives us greater sobriety the more we drink. Only the new wine of Jesus gives us greater holiness the more we drink. Only the new wine of Jesus gives us greater righteousness the more we drink. Only the new wine of Jesus satisfies the dryness of our soul. Only the new wine of Jesus causes rejoicing in our spirit. Be not drunk on wine, which leads to sin upon sin upon sin. Instead, drink the wine of Jesus and be filled with the Spirit. The new leads us out of the wilderness and out of the wasteland. The new leads us to the river of life. The new brings revival and restoration and renewal.
Sober me up from the old. 